is welcoming you to Prairie Docs Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3, founded by Dr. Richard Holmes. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Andrew Ellsworth, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Ellsworth's specialty is family medicine. He works with the Avera Medical Group, Brookings, and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Ellsworth. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. Well, May is here, and May is Stroke Awareness Month. When it comes to a stroke, every second counts. What are the signs and symptoms we should be aware of when it comes to a stroke? Yeah, you know, it's really important to recognize this as fast as you can uh, because uh, it can be helpful. So some of the signs and symptoms of a stroke would be um, facial drooping. So one side kind of hanging down. Um, and so they may not be able to smile or they may talk kind of funny uh, or something might be off. Um, you could have your arms be weak or your legs be weak on one side. Um, your speech may be slurred, uh, or they may have trouble understanding, too, speech, either saying speech or understanding speech. Um, so if you have any of these symptoms, uh, you should call 911 right away and get to the emergency room because time is of the essence. And why, why is it so important to act quickly when, when, if you are seeing these symptoms? Well, a stroke is kind of like a, a heart attack. You know, a heart attack for a heart, the blood flow is getting clogged. And so you're not getting the good blood flow with the heart. With the brain, it's the same thing. The blood flow is getting clogged, essentially. And uh, and so we want to try to release that clog, if you will. Um, and there are getting to be things that we can do now that we couldn't do even a few years ago. Um, and so we've had some medications for a few years to kind of help try to release that clot. But now, if we're within a certain window, which is true for the medications too, if we're within a certain window, they can even go in and physically uh, release that clot um, through a procedure. And, and it's not, you know, and it's just through through the the vessels. So it's not high, all that highly invasive. Um, and they, and it's they've they've seen such remarkable differences uh, where someone was having a terrible stroke and, and then they walked out of the hospital the next day mm -hmm. uh, doing really well. And so it, we've got this uh, neuroendovascular surgeon um, joined the Avera team now, and uh, uh, he is new to our uh, system within the last year, and he's just doing amazing things. And so we want to uh, want to be helpful right away. Gotcha. Very good. Um, what can we do to prevent having a stroke? Well, um, that's one of the biggest reasons why we try to keep people's blood pressure under control. So we want to watch your blood pressure, make sure it's not too high, try to keep it down around 120 over 80 or one teens over 70s. Um, if it's getting above 140 over 90, that's usually when we're starting to think about uh, giving medication. Now, you could have any 
blood pressure moment in time that's a little high, but, you know, it's better to wait a few minutes and relax and check it again because it can fluctuate during the day and it's going to fluctuate more if you're stressed and, and been active. Um, obviously, it's important to exercise and uh, eat healthy, um, you yeah, low salt, a low sodium diet. Those are helpful for your blood pressure and then helpful to help pre- prevent a heart attack or a stroke. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, the, your doc, talk to your doctor about if, if they'd recommend if you take an aspirin or not to try to help prevent a stroke. But it's all those healthy things over time that make the biggest difference. So trying to stay active, stay healthy, eat healthy um, is, is the best, best way. Okay. Um, and don't smoke. <laughs> yeah, that really increases your risk too. And you know, those other things. We're watching your cholesterol with a blood test, and sometimes some people go on cholesterol medication, or maybe they can fix it with with diet changes. Um, watching your blood sugar, checking for diabetes, that increases your risk too. Um, you know, losing weight if you need to. Um, but with that, of course, comes the exercise and the diet. So that's what it all often boils down to. But there's other things we can do, do to help. And all these things, you know, with the COVID coronavirus going on, we worry that some people might not be coming in anymore if, as, right away if they show symptoms or signs of a stroke. And we they need to come in right away. That is not worth waiting for. Some of the preventative things, we are starting to have people check in with their doctor more again now and uh, starting to do some elective procedures again, you know, colonoscopies or other visits, preventative care visits. We're starting to do some of those again. And so call, call in and see if you can get in with your doctor. Um, we have a, we're still on a rotation schedule where your doctor might not be in the every day, uh, but they're doing something every day. It's just they're in a different area. Maybe they're seeing people with respiratory symptoms. Maybe they're uh, working at the hospital or on call for the hospital. So call in and they'll find a time for you to either be seen by your doctor or someone else if you need to be seen. And maybe you don't need to come in. Maybe you can check your blood pressure at home and you have some questions and we can arrange a virtual visit. And that'd be a good idea too. Okay. Well, thank you for talking about that important topic of stroke and those symptoms to watch for um, with our with the drooping of the face, the arms and the legs and the speech comprehension and call 911 if you're seeing any of those in yourself or someone else. Very good. Well, we'll be going to our first break shortly. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Spring tries to present itself in the upper Midwest. Some of you may encounter problems with allergies. It is important to talk with your primary care provider or allergist before starting new allergy medications. Once a pattern of treatment has been established, It is generally recommended that you start your treatment routine several weeks before your particular allergy trigger. If you have questions about allergy care, talk with your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth is here to discuss your medical questions. 
give us a call at 605-692-1430. Dr. Ellsworth, you'll be hosting the On Call with the Prairie Doc television show tomorrow night, May 7th, titled, When That Brain of Ours Starts to Fail. Could you tell us more about that show and tomorrow night's guest? Yeah, we've got two great uh, guests with us. One is Dr. Kenneth Bartholomew, uh, a family medicine doctor from a bear medical group here. And he's been in practice um, for uh, a few decades. And so he's got a lot of good experience uh, with uh, all medical issues. Um, and, uh, and he's uh, done extensive research in neurology and neurodegenerative uh, conditions, specifically looking into atrophy of the brain and, and how we can combat that, what you can do preventative-wise uh, to help keep the brain from, from slowing down and losing, losing uh, memory capacity. And so um, it'll be really interesting to have that discussion with him uh, and because uh, he, he's written a few books about it, too. So, so I'm looking forward to that talk with him. And then uh, Dr. Jeff Boyle. Um, a neurologist with a very medical group, Neurology in Sioux Falls, and uh, and he's got some great experience too. He's he's done further training. He also has his PhD, and he's uh, subspecialized in sleep medicine. And so he actually reads all our sleep studies done in Brookings, and um, has extra emphasis in there. So that will give a, a neat spin on things too. But of course, he takes care of all other neurological conditions with his patients as well. So we'll look at a host of diseases that we would call neurodegenerative or neuro like in the nerves or the brain and degenerative where things are, are wearing down and falling apart. And, and with that, you were looking, we kind of want to focus the show on, on dementia and some of those uh, conditions that uh, uh, affect a person's memory and and uh, ability to function. So what is the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia? Well, Alzheimer's dementia is a type of dementia. It's a very common type. You know, unfortunately, it's not one where we can do a magic test, uh, any imaging test or anything else to say for sure it's Alzheimer's. Technically, it, it, you can't really even say for sure until after death if you were to do an autopsy okay. and look at the brain. But we can rule out a lot of other forms of dementia or just kind of follow the course of the disease. And, and, and so that's, that is uh, probably the most, the most common type of dementia. Um, but, but there's other types, too. So like a vascular dementia happens from basically several little strokes in the brain in each time the mental capacity changes more in a stepwise fashion with each little stroke rather than a gradual fashion like you might see with Alzheimer's disease. Um, the frontal temporal dementia is a type of dementia where you see them more often uh, became, become more socially inappropriate. Their personality changes more. They lose some empathy. They may start... Um, talking inappropriately or uh, change their religious or political beliefs in a radical way, um, develop more compulsive behaviors, lack of self-control. Um, it, it, I mean, all of them are devastating, but uh, it really can be 
hurtful for the caretakers when when their loved one is just becoming this different person that's acting so inappropriately all the time and why are they doing that mm-hmm. and you just can't uh, I can't imagine mm-hmm. um, what what should we do if we start to maybe wonder if we see some symptoms of dementia in our loved ones when when is it time to reach out for medical help for yeah it's, you know as soon as you feel there's something going on bring it up to your doctor now you know, unfortunately, a lot of these don't have a great solution, but there's some things we can help, and we and, and sometimes there's other causes that we'd want to look into. Um, we want to make sure that maybe it's not depress- depression that's causing it, or uh, maybe a, there could be sometimes an infection causing delirium. Delirium is different than dementia. Delirium is when it, it kind of came on suddenly, and it's some it waxes and wanes, it changes throughout a day how clear they are mentally or not. And so there's a better chance there that there might be something going on, maybe maybe a urinary tract infection or, or something like that. Um, check to see if it's a thyroid condition or a vitamin deficiency or uh, a variety of other uh, possible causes. Okay. Well, we need to take our next break and we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Uh, Give us a call at 605-692-1430 with your medical questions for us to talk about. Our programs are available on Apple Apple Podcasts. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcasts and today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group Brookings. We are living in a stressful time as we deal with the global pandemic. The following are some tips to help your emotional health. Fuel your body by eating a healthy, well-balanced diet and drinking plenty of water. Aim to get seven to eight hours of sleep each night. Exercise every day. Take deep breaths and stretch often. Avoid risky or destructive behaviors, such as abusing alcohol or drugs, excessive gambling, or ignoring public health recommendations. Spend time outside, such as going for a walk in a park, but follow social distancing guidelines. If you feel overwhelmed by the emotional pressures, reach out to family, friends, or your medical provider. This tip is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. We did have a couple of questions come in. Um, Our first question, caller has already been diagnosed with pulmonary fibrosis. She is showing no signs and has no fever, but wondering if she should still get a test for COVID-19. Yeah, you know, each day I'm actually getting new emails sometimes with new testing criteria as our number of tests are slowly increasing some. We've changed our criteria or how we're doing it, depending on the waves of and hot spots, uh, how we're doing it. But uh, we did add some more symptoms that would make someone uh, – uh, qualified to get tested, um, you know, there was always the cough and shortness of breath and fever and, and also chills, muscle pain, sore throat, loss of taste or smell. 
And uh, vomiting diarrhea are also now on the list of symptoms that if you have these symptoms and you're uh, at higher risk over age 65 or with a chronic condition such as our collar with pulmonary fibrosis. Now, if she's not having any signs or symptoms, then as of right now, we wouldn't consider testing her unless she came in contact with someone that uh, tested positive for COVID-19. But if she has a question, it doesn't hurt to call in. Anyone has a question, you know, wonder if you qualify, you could call the uh, call the clinic or call the, the, the Avera hotline to find out. And you could call 211, I think, to get plugged into that hotline, right. if nothing else. Um, you know, we're testing people if they're in the hospital, um, if they're in the nursing homes. Um, there, there, there's going to be more and more uh, populations. You know, now that we're starting to do some surgeries, some higher risk surgeries, we're probably going to start to test them before the surgery to make sure every, every, they are safe and that the people taking care of them that will be taking care of them in the hospital are safe. Um, so we're expanding that list all the time. For, we may start doing pregnant patients soon. We have had some pregnant patients that have had COVID. Um, and, uh, and so we'll want to know about that ahead of time too and testing them. So the list is going on. So if you're wondering, um, or if you're worried, or if you have any symptoms, certainly call in, and, and because it, it, it can change day by day, even our capacity and, and who we're able to test. Okay. Um, you kind of started touching on this already, but what are some of the changes that have kind of been happening in the last week in the hospital and the clinic? Well, we're starting to say we're going to put a few more doctors um, back in the clinics regularly to see patients for more regular things and acute things, of course, if things come up. We were always seeing patients for that. And uh, we were trying to dissuade more people from coming in. But we're, we've got enough protective equipment now, and we've got all our uh, systems in place with, with separating people with symptoms, not with symptoms. And, and, uh, and so you're, you're welcome to come into the clinic or give us a call and see what we can do to help. Um, also, still doing virtual visits. So we could set it up to do it over the computer or maybe even just over the phone. Uh, so don't hesitate if you have any questions or concerns to give us a call. And we're starting to set up some elective procedures more in the clinic and hospital, including endoscopy. So if you were due for your colonoscopy or, or thinking of, uh, about having a different procedure done, call the doctor that you were working with and see, you know, do you think we could get this set up for me now? And, and maybe we could. We're, there's a set of criteria we're looking at, considering what's the procedure, how many people are involved, how long would it take, would you be in the hospital for afterwards, how, um, how, 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 how at risk are you for complications from that or from COVID, and so on, and considering this all into a score to determine if we feel we can proceed with surgery at this time or not for an elective procedure. But, you know, it's a kind of a misnomer elective as if, oh, you don't really need to do it. But these things are were being considered for a reason. I mean, you know, and so we have to weigh the risks on both sides of doing it and not doing it or, or putting them all off too long and then having not able to help everyone that need to be helped. Right. Good point. I do want to add about the dementia that we were talking about and when why you should come in. I was mentioning that there might be, you know, depression 
or other infection or other causes that could be going on. And and it's nice to get diagnosed. It's important to get diagnosed because some there are some medications that can be prescribed to help too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of them may not help reverse what's going on, but sometimes some of them can slow what's going on. Um, and it may be, maybe it is appropriate to have some imaging done, like an MRI or, or anything else, and to get plugged in with a neurologist. So, so just finishing up my thoughts there, that that it is important if you feel like you're having concerns about possible dementia to start getting plugged into the process to getting uh, getting help or getting diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in these unusual times, a great place to start is with a phone call and then see what, um, if it's appropriate to come in or virtual right. or whatever, like you were saying. Right. We did have another question come in. Um, the question is, where can you purchase face masks? I don't know if we have a great answer as to where we can purchase face masks. Um, I know I've seen people maybe selling them online, some homemade masks. Uh, Dr. Ellsworth, have you heard of anywhere else that you can purchase them right now? Well, it's, it, there's so many great people in our community that are making them and giving them out. And so uh, we're working with places uh to help distribute them to the community because we're encouraging people to wear masks when they're out in public uh, to help protect others and themselves. Um, and they don't work perfectly, but they, they it, it, any little bit helps. And so um, I know the library has been giving some out. I know they're working on getting some collections out from through the United Way. Um, and, I, you know, at the clinic, you know, if you come in, we're going to give you a mask um, and you could, you know, keep that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I assume the same thing is true for the hospital. Um, and so, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to call a few places perhaps, and, and we'll try to get that word out for sure as there's a better system in place. But there are some places you can get them now okay. already. And if nothing else, you could maybe use a scarf or a bandana or something else to just help cover your Right, mouth. right. And remind us, why, why are we wearing face masks? Well, the, the, the COVID-19 can be spread through respiratory droplets. And they can be aerosolized and kind of go in the air. And a cloth can uh, possibly help filter it some. Uh, it really kind of helps catch some of it um, to keep it in better than it does from keeping it out. So that's why wearing it helps to protect other people more so. So that's why we're doing it mostly to protect others. But it can also help protect yourself some too. And it just helps raise your awareness as well. So it helps keep you from touching your face inadvertently, you know, without thinking about it. And that could really help protect yourself too, because you're touching doorknobs, touching other things. And if you have that reminder on your face not to touch your face, scratch your mouth or your eyes or anything, uh, or pick your nose, uh, then then that can help protect yourself at big time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, while we're talking about prevention, um, you know, we're starting to slowly reopen and have some different options for things. Um, what are your thoughts on social distancing now, Dr. Ellsworth? Yeah, you know, we, we're, we're gradually reopening places, and that's great. We need, want to help our businesses and our economy. Uh, hopefully we can keep in mind to continue social distancing efforts. And, uh, and so that way we can continue to keep things open, reopen, and keep 
keep the numbers lower, but still carry on business as we need to. Um, I, I, I learned this morning that Sioux City is uh, it has maxed out their ICU beds and they're transferring out to other areas. And so, um, you know, this this uh, problem with capacity isn't that far away, uh, even even now. It, um, Sioux City's not that far away. And so, and Sioux Falls isn't that far away from Brookings either, you know. And so, um, we still want to be careful. And, and the numbers will go up some probably or down, up and down throughout the next who knows how long. Um, and so, if we can keep our numbers controllable where we can handle people in the hospital and handle people in the hospital that have other conditions too, because people will continue to get sick in other ways and have heart attacks and strokes. And we want to be able to take care of them all. And we can't have be overrun with the COVID patients. So we appreciate everyone's efforts, especially here in Brookings. I think we've done really, really well. And which is why we're in this position to be able to open things up. And hopefully we can continue in that direction. Okay. But we need to take our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. And we'll be back with you after this informative message from the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Hospice is medical care designed to maximize comfort and quality of life for patients facing terminal illnesses. Hospice provides pain management, emotional support, help with family caregiving, and spiritual care to patients and their families when a cure is not possible. Working's Health System employs a caring team of professionals and volunteers sensitive to the changing needs of patients and family members during this difficult time. To find out more about hospice in Working, South Dakota area, call 696-9000 or talk with your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group, Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth is here to discuss your medical questions. Uh, we've had an informative program today talking about everything from strokes to degenerative diseases to uh, COVID-19. We had a call come in asking, what is the difference between a brain bleed and a stroke? Oh, that's a great question. I'm, I'm glad they brought that up. Um, you know, like we were talking about with a stroke, you're really kind of clotting off. You're forming a clot in a in a vessel in the in the brain, uh, kind of blocking the blood flow. Uh, whereas a brain bleed, it's it, it's 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 bleeding in the brain from a vessel breaking or an aneurysm breaking, like a little it may be ballooned out from a vessel and and burst and it's bleeding in the brain. And that's why it's so important to get in right away and get to the ER right away and get a CT scan right away so we can tell the difference to see if it's a bleed or a stroke. If it's Because if it's a brain bleed, then we don't want to give a medication to thin the blood quickly to help loosen up this clot because it would just make it worse. Um, and so um, it's in, it is a very important distinction. And the symptoms... Uh, it can be the same. So just by looking at a person, we can't really tell for sure, if, yeah, is it a brain bleed or a stroke? Um, so that, which is why we often need to do that CT scan to right away to know the difference, to be able to know how we can treat it between the two. That's a really good question. Thank you. Okay. 
All right. Well, before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This Thursday, May 7th, Prairie Doc host Andrew Ellsworth and guest Dr. Kenneth Bartholomew of Avera Medical Group here and Dr. Jeff Boyle of Avera Medical Group Neurology in Sioux Falls take questions about neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So tune in for that tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Andrew Ellsworth for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, Stay healthy out there, people.